Welcome to the College Investor Audio Show, where we talk about the biggest issues impacting millennial money, from student loan debt to side hustles to building wealth. We will show you how to get out of debt so that you can build real wealth for the future. Hey guys, it's Robert from The College Investor here, and today I am excited to share with you the best student loans to pay for medical school, along with the order of operations that is the smartest to pay for college in general, but specifically medical school as well. The fact is, medical school is expensive. There is no way around that. However, doctors will also earn a significant salary after graduation, so it's really all relative to justify the high costs. According to the Association of American Medical Colleges, the average doctor will graduate with $183,000 in student loan debt. Can you believe that? $183,000 in student loan debt. However, they're going to earn a significant amount of money once they are doctors. So the average doctor can earn anywhere from $130,000 to $200,000 a year in their first year after they are done with residency. Now that's huge. So let's talk about how to pay for college the smart way, how to pay for medical school the smart way, and make sure that you really understand the best order of operation to make it happen so that it's not as overwhelming as it seems. So where do you start? The first thing you do is start with your own savings account. Now, you're not going to be able to pay for medical school for the most part out of your own savings, but it can get you far enough along that you might not have to take out an extra $20,000 in student loans. So every little bit helps. And when I talk about your own savings, I also talk about potential working. Maybe you worked in high school and undergraduate. I don't really know of any doctors that can work in residency, but you know, maybe, uh, you know, even as a resident, I've heard that some doctors can like, um, freelance and do different things in like the ER and stuff a couple days a week to earn some extra money. But there are options. So you can use your own savings and your own money from working to pay for college and not have to borrow as much money. But I do want to make an important note here. You should never be depleting your savings to pay for school. It is super important that you keep an emergency fund to cover your expenses should something happen. Because the fact is I've seen too many issues where a total freak accident like a car accident or other unexpected events puts you out of commission. And that's why you need to have an emergency fund even as a medical school student or a resident. So after your own savings, look for scholarships and grants. I can't tell you how many scholarships and grants go unclaimed every single year. I want to say FastWeb, and they're a big scholarship website, did a survey a few years back and they found over a billion dollars in scholarships went unclaimed or unused. And that's a crazy amount of money that people are trying to give away to pay for college. And it's typically underutilized. So don't just think about medical school scholarships as well. Like there's a lot of medical school scholarships um, for doctors and lawyers, but there are also ones that you might not consider applying for. Uh, Maybe it's based on your location or where you grew up or the 
company your parents worked at, or like here at the College Investor, we have our side hustling student scholarship. So maybe you're a side hustler and you've been um, earning extra money on the side, like you could apply for our scholarship. So the big thing here is that there are a lot of different scholarships and grants out there that you might qualify for, even if they're not necessarily medically or doctor, medical school student related. So keep that in mind, apply for scholarships and grants. All right, so now we've exhausted all the your money, the free money, it's time to talk about student loans. So where do you start with student loans? Well, first off, you wanna start with direct student loans. These are the basic ones that everyone qualifies for regardless um, of anything. And they do have limits, so you're probably gonna hit the limit going to medical school. But when you're looking at student loans, you apply for the FAFSA, you get your award notification, and these are gonna be the first loans you wanna get. There's subsidized direct student loans and unsubsidized versions. The subsidized loans are for students who show a financial need, and the unsubsidized loans are for everybody. If you qualify for subsidized loans, take those first, and then take the unsubsidized loans. So. I just remember a lot of people do qualify for a combination of both, but you might not, but take advantage of the direct unsubsidized loans first. These are the cheapest, best federal student loans that you can qualify for. After that, you're gonna wanna look at direct plus graduate student loans. So after you've taken advantage of your direct unsubsidized and subsidized loans up to the maximum, the direct plus student loans are gonna be your next best bet. The reason is, is these loans can be taken out to cover the maximum cost of attendance, and this is according to your school's financial aid office, minus any other financial aid received. So for most medical students taking out student loans, the direct plus loans can make up the difference of what's needed to pay for college. A direct plus loan does not require, or, or sorry, does require a credit check though. So if you have a poor credit history, you might not qualify or you might need a co-signer to help you with the student loan. But direct plus loans have some of the highest interest rates for federal loans. So it's important to consider that when borrowing. If you have excellent credit, you might wanna consider other options now or you might wanna refinance these loans later after you graduate. Next up, there is the HRSA primary care loan. And this is from the Health Resources and Services Administration, which is a tiny little government agency that provides low-cost loans to medical students who meet certain criteria. So this program is for students who agree to enter and complete residency training in primary care within four years after graduation, and they agree to practice primary care medicine for 10 years until the loan is paid in full, whichever occurs first. As such, it might not be the right choice for everyone, but it's definitely an option for some. So if you're interested in becoming a primary care doctor, you can learn more about the HRSA program here. Next up, after you've exhausted all your federal loan options, it's time to talk about private student loans. Now, some medical students cannot rely solely on federal loans to pay for medical school. Maybe they exhaust the federal loan limits due to their school's cost, or they need more funds to cover living expenses while they attend school, or maybe they need more time to complete their education, which simply increases the cost. However, others might find private student loans more valuable given their excellent credit history and their ability to repay. In this case, private student loans might be a cheaper alternative due to low interest rates and excellent borrower programs. So 
The big thing here is that we recommend borrowers shop and compare private student loan options. And our favorite partner is Credible because we love comparison sites. Um, we love Credible for a few reasons. Uh, they allow you to you know, quickly shop for a private student loan in about two minutes without getting a credit check. So you can see your interest rate right away and see if it's worth it. Incredible also has some of our favorite medical school lenders on their platform. You might've heard us talk about Splash Financial because they are changing the way doctors can refinance and get private student loans to pay for school. And they're on the platform so you can see if they're worthwhile. So finally, there is refinancing your student loans after graduation. So maybe you're listening to this or reading the article on the blog because you've already taken out loans for medical school. So you might consider student loan refinancing. If you have private loans or high interest federal loans, like the direct plus loans we already mentioned, refinancing might allow you to lower your payment or save on interest on your medical school loans. Through refinancing, you're gonna take out a new student loan from a private lender and use it to pay off your other loans. With the new student loan, you may qualify for a lower interest rate, better repayment term, or lower monthly payment. If you have federal loans, refinancing will cost you the ability to apply for an income-driven repayment plan or forbearance. That's why for many borrowers, we don't think you should refinance your federal student loan for a private loan, but the big exception here is doctors. Doctors will make a significant amount of money after graduation um, once they start in practice. So for this, many would benefit more from getting a private student loan with a low interest rate versus keeping a federal loan. For example, right now in March 2018, direct plus graduate loans currently have an interest rate of 6.31%. But right now on the Credible platform, you can get a fixed rate loan as low as 3.15%. That's if you have excellent credit history. That would save you more than 50% in interest over the life of the loan. So to see if Credible makes sense to refinance, you can shop around in two minutes on their platform, no credit check. And if you refinance with the college investor, you get a $200 bonus. So go to the credible dot, or sorry, go to the collegeinvestor.com slash credible refi, or check out the link in the article and uh, see if it makes sense to refinance. So to end things here, the thought of borrowing so much money to pay for school can be exhausting, but you're gonna get this huge prize at the end of the tunnel. You're gonna be earning a significant amount of money after graduation, so the fact that you're borrowing so much is very relative. Like, if you're gonna be a teacher, a teacher might earn $40,000 a year, so borrowing 40,000 is very daunting, but it's equivalent. A doctor who borrows 130,000 might earn 130,000 in their first year after graduation. It's very equivalent, so it's really important to keep that in mind as you are going through this process of paying for medical school. And finally, a good tip that I like to share with doctors is even after you graduate and are in practice, try to live like a resident. You've been living on $50,000 a year for a few years. Just do that once your salary kicks up to $150,000, $200,000 a year. Once you're there, use that difference to pay off your student loans and you could be debt-free in three, five years after you're a doctor. So... Hopefully that makes sense. Hopefully you learned some good tips on how to pay for medical school. Hopefully you took advantage of some of these loan options that we talked about and you are on the right track to pay for school. All right, guys, thank you very much and I will talk to you next time.